G'day guys, it's Jack and Joel here from Surrey Grind. But we wanted to put together a video, uh, not a video, a podcast. Um, it'll be a very dull video with no video content. Uh, a podcast on the beginner's guide to Surrey. Um, and just some of the like the basic explanation of how things work, the sort of things that you want to focus to, um, the things you really need to know in order to uh, get involved uh, with Surrey and sort of like just build up a bit of a, a starter, um, you know, um, knowledge and perhaps team for uh, for use in Surrey. So I'm Joel. Um, my managed name in Surrey is Afrikiwi, A-F-R-I-K-I-W-I, and I am joined by Jack, also known as Jack Hammond 444 uh, on the social media. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at SoRareGrind. Uh, and you can email us at soregrind at gmail.com. Um, when starting, like with signing up to Soria, real basic, um, look, when you join Soria, use someone's referral code, anyone's referral code. There, there really isn't a difference between whose referral code you use. What it means is after you buy five players on the auctions within Soria, you get a free limited card and the person that referred you gets a free limited card. There are people all throughout Twitter, YouTube, plugging their referral code for that very reason because it's to their benefit. But really, you know, first things first, if you have a friend that's playing the game, use theirs. Don't use ours or some random YouTubers. They're getting you know, plenty of referrals as it is. If you've got a friend that's playing, then use their code. Um, if you don't, you're welcome to use ours. It'll be in our Twitter bio. Um, but Otherwise, welcome to use someone else's. Just make sure you do use someone's when joining. Otherwise, you do miss out on the benefit of that free card. So brief explanation of the game. Jack, do you want to explain what is, like, how does it so rare work? Like, the when you're submitting these teams to compete with other people, uh, which we call SO5, how does that work? Okay. Um, feel free to interrupt me, Joel, if I get something wrong or you want to give your input. Um, sure. So essentially, to make it, a, a, say in the most simplified way, you essentially buy uh, real life players um, that are licensed on the Sorry game um, through, with various clubs and various leagues um, with Ethereum, which is the native currency used on Sorry. Um, and if your players perform very well, um, they can appreciate a value and it could also mean you can compete for rewards, which can earn you money. So that is just like the most simplified explanation of how Sarah how Sarah works and how you can make money. Um, yeah, can go into it in much more detail, but that is just like the very simplified explanation of how it works. Yeah, perhaps just to add like a small amount of detail on the, the way the scoring side of it works. Basically, um, you can score, each player can score a maximum of 100 points um, plus any like percentage modifiers or bonuses that they, they get, but um, that's probably not like specifically relevant to understanding how the game works. Um, and they score points based on the actions in the game um, quite differently to if you're familiar with like Fantasy Premier League, that is far more focused towards really rewarding pretty much only players that either get a clean sheet as a defender or score goals or assist goals. Uh, so Rhea is far more comprehensive. So your central defensive midfielders like your Kante's, not that he's in the game, but you know, your central defensive midfielders actually are very usable in Soria and sometimes are even some of the best players to have. So they you know, score based on tackles, based on possession one, you know, there's minus points for possession lost, all that sort of thing that is very comprehensive. Um, you know, there is far more um, that goes into it than you would find um, in many other fantasy games. So it's fantastic from that point of view. Um, in terms of like, Picking up cards though, like Jack, what are the what are the ways that you pick up cards in Sorry? Um well yeah, this is kind of the fun bit of Sorry because there's so much strategy involved. So um, you know, and there are so many different divisions that you can compete in for awards, right? So for example, um, I think there are six different divisions, not including underdog and specials, but I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, there is, you know, you compete, can compete in All-Star where any card is eligible to compete. Uh, you can compete in under 23 where only under 23 players are eligible uh, to be chosen to, to compete with. Uh, there's also Asia, um, 
Champion Room, which is the top five leagues. So only cards um, that play in the Premier League, uh, La Liga, Liga, Bundesliga, and Serie A. And then you have Challenger Europe, which is kind of the more alternative leagues, kind of like your Belgian league, uh, you know, the Eredivisie, the Russian league, um, every other European Scottish league, league now. Outs yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Every other league outside of those top five. The top five. Is covered yeah. By Serie a. And, yeah. and Asia as well is the other one, which is um, uh, just currently the J League and K League. But um, yeah, Rajo, just the yep. and J League. And then you, but you yeah. also got um, America as well. So Oh, America, uh, too, America yeah. covers MLS, covers uh, Copa Libertadores, so the intercontinental uh, com uh, competition uh, for uh, South America, similar to uh, what we have with the Champions League. Um, and then you've got uh, also like the Brazilian League, you've got the Peruvian League, the Chilean League now, uh, the Argentinian League, uh, the Mexican League as well. Uh, and yeah. also actually the CONCACAF Champions League, which is the one for America and uh, for Mexico mm -hmm. and the USA. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, back to your, back to your like question um, about like kind of my strategy, you know, what players I kind of decide to buy. Um, yeah, it kind of depends, you know, what, uh, you know, division I want to compete in. So, you know, for the past two, three months while I've been playing so rare, uh, it's heavily consisted of Asia players because uh, I've just learned the K and J League. Um, because it's pretty easy to follow the games for both uh, Joel and I, because mm -hmm. um, in our local time, uh, it's quite, you know, easy to tune in and there are, you know, resources available like Kaelic TV where you can just watch, um, you know, the Korean games for free, which is great. Um, so I, I've solely, well, not solely, but I've, I've put a large emphasis on just focusing on, focusing on the Asian uh, league. I've, I've kind of specialized that, I, I guess you could say. Mm. Um, and I think it's an important part when you're starting out in Surrey is figure out you know what sort of what leagues are you going to target and yeah those factors probably the big factors um before looking at players specifically is what time of the year are you starting on Surrey so like you know we're, we're recording this in May 2022 right now um you know the European leagues are coming to a close if you're picking like players from European clubs you know you, in the matter of a couple of weeks you know they're not going to be usable for like a good month or two so you know if you're wanting to play in the european leagues starting out now it's probably not the best time but if you are wanting to play now you know you'd really want to be looking at uh, either the asian leagues or the america's leagues that do still have those games um ongoing yeah exactly um and so when it but yeah I, I you go joe you go joe i was gonna say so when you know when you're picking up um you know, players uh, in the game, there are multiple ways to do it. But um, when you're first, you know, starting on Serie, you're given this option of, you know, what's your favourite team? And uh, really, don't even, don't pick your favourite team. <laughs> like, this is one of the, the sort of unusual things about Serie where uh, it would kind of be good to know this before you start, you know, and you pick, like, your favourite team who might actually not be a good pick in Serie. So, Based on the, the teams that you pick early on in the game, or is, you know, who are your favorite teams? I think you get a choice of three to pick pick three teams from, you know, sort of any team in the world. Um, your team may not be covered in Surya. Many of them, many of the Premier League teams, for example, are not. But um, you get a choice to pick, you know, who's your favorite team. And based on what you pick, the game sort of randomly gives you some free cards to start the game, uh, which are like a white background card, they're called common cards. There's no value to them. You can't trade them, um, but they are usable within um, Surya. Um, and uh, up until August, the goalkeepers in particular are, probably, are particularly relevant, but we won't get into that right now. But basically, um, you want to pick three teams that are actually dominant in their league. Big fish in a small pond, perfect. Um, you know, you don't necessarily want to just pick like three good teams. You ideally sort of want teams that are dominant in their league. So if you're starting in May, you're wanting to play Soria and, um, you know, you're happy to follow uh, one of the Asian leagues or one of the leagues in America, then I'd pick three teams from just one of those leagues. Um, not sure if you've got a different opinion on whether you'd pick across different leagues, Jack. But 
my preference would be pick three teams all from the same league because that way you know that you're going to have a, a broad mix of players uh, who are all going to be playing at the same time um, because generally, um, you know, you, you tend to have every team playing um, from the same league in the same game week, but sometimes there you know, can be differences in scheduling between the different leagues. So if you're looking at, for example, uh, you know, you're starting perhaps in May or in June, I'd be considering um, perhaps um, either the MLS or the America's leagues or uh, in Asia. And as far as Asia goes, um, you know, in Japan, your top teams really are the likes of Kawasaki Frontale, Kashima Antlers, SC Tokyo and Yokohama Marinos. Um, they are all towards the top end of the table. Good players. The thing with Yokohama is they rotate a lot. So sometimes that can be frustrating, but especially Kawasaki, Kashima, both very good teams. So by picking them as your favourite teams, when you start the game, you're going to get given cards, you know, free common cards, um, you know, from those teams. Um, in the K League, I'd look at Ulsan, Jeju, spelled J-E-J-U, Pohang, and Jeonbuk, spelled J-E-O-N-B-U-K. They're probably four of your top teams at the moment in Korea. Um, and through doing that, you know, you're, you're going to get those players from those teams and be able to use them together, hopefully getting a good goalkeeper, which um, by the time you're listening to this, if you listen to this in August, you know, a lot of this may be irrelevant. A lot of things may change, but um, generally picking teams that are the big fish in their league, they don't have to have the most valuable players in the world. It's about being big fish in a small pond ideally so similarly in Europe um, you know those top five leagues champion leagues uh, teams like PSG you know they're very dominant the French league some great players in that team uh, like Liverpool for example who are one of the few Premier League teams in the game teams like Bayern who typically dominate in Germany uh, could pick one of the main Serie A teams like Inter or Napoli or AC Milan, but there's typically a little bit more competition in that league. Uh, and then of those sort of second tier European teams, you're probably looking at teams like Ajax, uh, Porto, Club Bruges in Belgium, Celtic in the Scottish league would definitely be a good shout. Uh, Dinamo Zagreb, who's one of the top teams in uh, is it the Czech, the Croatian league? Croatian league. Uh, and yep. uh, perhaps Zenit from Russia. So you know, if you're mm. starting in August, I'd probably go find the European leagues. Uh, you know, if you're starting from, also any, any time between August and probably December, February, I'd be, um, yeah, well, anytime August, Feb, I'd be looking at one of the European leagues um, or combo of those teams as, as your favorite teams. Uh, and then from Feb through to, uh, what was that, July, I'd be looking at, one of the Asian, a uh, combo of the Asian league teams or um, the Americas teams like from the MLS. Just out of curiosity, Joel, so if you were to pick three teams right now, say yep. someone was starting, um, which three teams would you pick? I, I can go first because I've been thinking about this while you've been speaking. Sure. So I would probably go, uh, I don't know if this is even an option, but um, I think Atletico Monero from the Brazilian Serie A would be a really good shot because they have tons of... Um, fixtures currently um, yep. for the next couple of game weeks I've seen. Um, and yeah, I think they would be a pretty good shout um, for maybe like the America's fixtures. Yep. And I'd probably go with probably two other Asian teams. So I, I think I'd probably opt for, I'm going to say Jeju, because I, I just know the Jeju lineups and I think the likelihood of getting, you know, consistent plays with Jeju through that, um, I don't know, just through signing up, you probably have a high likelihood of getting starters with Jeju um, that are consistent. and um i don't know i don't know who the other one i'd up for maybe maybe kashima because they're doing really well right now maybe olsan um yeah that's who i'd go for anyway okay if it were me i'd pick all three from the same league um because okay because you don't get a ton of cards starting out and not all of them are going to be starters sometimes you get like bench players that are you know not playing at all and so i think having all three from the same league means that when that league has a 
a match day or has a game week, you know, the, you, you're going to be able to at least field a semi-decent team, which gives you a good starting base. So for me, if it were me, I would probably pick the Japanese league. I would probably pick Kawasaki, Frontale, Kashima Antlers, and FC Tokyo because Yokohama rotates so much. I think that would be quite frustrating for, for a beginner. So, you know, Kawasaki have dominated the league for years. They have some great players. Kashima Antlers, good team. FC Tokyo, similar. I think picking those three, you'd, you know, get enough to build a, a decent stack. That would probably be me. Um, okay. Otherwise, if, if I was more interested in the Korean league, I would go Ulsan, Jeju, and probably Pohang as my three. Nice. Okay. Cool. But it, yeah, it, it depends what league you, you want to play in. I think it, it. I mean, it's not it's not critical. Like you know, whatever you choose there, other than those cards you start with, it's not really going to stop you doing anything else in the game. It's not going to um, force you down a certain path. It's just helpful to to pick and get familiar with players that play in a league that you're kind of going to have some level of interest in. I think. So. Yeah. After picking those, um, you know, Sorry will get you to follow different players and teams and all of that is just kind of to get you familiar with the platform. Go through those those bits and pieces. Um, none of it's, you know, particularly uh, important or exciting. It is worth going through and familiarizing yourself with the platform. Um, what I will say is, though, when it comes to um, bidding on cards, picking up cards, that's kind of the next sort of crucial part of the game um, or a crucial part of sort of getting started with Surya and um, you know as, as it outlines in the tutorial you know it's all about building a team of five or what's also known as SO5 or squad of five for short um, where um, yeah, you're submitting those five players depending how they play in real life and the, the scores that they get that will see you either win rewards or pull your hair out in despair that you won nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, when it comes to building and buying cards off the um, auction of the marketplace, um, it helps to understand like the different like rarities of cards. So in so rare, you know, you start, you're given these common cards, uh, which have no value, you can't trade them, um, but that you can't use them, you know, within the, the system to, to enter games. Um, up from that, you have limited cards, which unless you're starting with a significant amount of money, that will almost certainly be where you're going to start. It's where we started. There is still plenty of opportunity to do well, to make you know good money uh, and win good rewards out of limited cards um, as of the time of recording this. But um, yeah, that's almost certainly where you'll start. Um, limited cards, they release uh, a thousand, well, there is the potential to release a thousand of every player in the game every season. So over time, there will be you know, more and more limited cards around as we get also more and more people playing. So rare. Up from limited, you have rare. There's rare cards, there's a hundred of each um, player each in the game each season. Super rare above that is um, 10 and then unique um, above that is only one of each player um, each season. And these cards can go for, uh, you know, anywhere from a couple of thousand dollars through to a few hundred thousand dollars for the likes of um, Haaland and Mbappe. So, you know, when you're looking on the market and you're a beginner, uh, there's a whole bunch of different filters there uh, on Surya. I would recommend filtering out the rare cards and super rare and unique cards because frankly, there's kind of not much point looking at that, I think, at least when you're a beginner, unless you're starting with, you know, a few thousand dollars um, you know, right off the bat, which probably most people won't, to be honest. So Jack, when you're like looking at the market, you know, you've got your, your league um, that you're going to focus on. Um, where do you sort of, like, what do you next do in sort of in trying to build a team? Like, do you just you know, go and just sort of pick five random players, like, you know, for you and, and starting, what's your, like, your, your process in starting? Mm, uh, good question. So Joel and I actually have had, like, pretty different approaches to Soria. Um, so 
I think, you know, recently and um, in the immediate future anyway, there's quite a lot of opportunity in um, some divisions like underdog and special. So I've been targeting those game weeks um, um, like very intentionally. Um, and yeah, something I'm, I'm looking for uh, in certain players is if they have favorable fixtures. So uh, I'm doing research on both the KNJ League because I predominantly focus on the Asian um, division. And I'm seeing, you know, who is a favorable fixture? Who is a high likelihood of starting the game first and foremost? and maybe scoring a couple goals because uh, decisive actions or AKA goals and assists and uh, other things as well are you know, pretty important. So for example, um, people, if they, they're not familiar with the uh, Asian leagues, here's, here's an example for somebody that I'm looking for. So um, currently FC Tokyo are missing one of their premium uh, center backs and they have currently lost their last fixture 5-1. And I'm thinking to myself, um, okay, maybe I can, you know, purchase an attacking player from the, from the team that is about to play FC Tokyo because they're missing their premium defender. Uh, and I think because of that reason, they look a little bit dodgy at the back and one of the players from the other team has a higher likelihood of scoring. Um, and I'm also looking at metrics, um, like how they performed in their last five games, uh, their last 15 games and last 40 games. Um, so something you can do is use a resource uh, called SoRare Data. So um, this has like a whole bunch of different filters that you can do. Uh, you can search different players and you can see how well they performed in their last five, last 15, last 40 games. Um, so something you can do is go through uh, and sort by who has the highest or who has performed the best uh, in the last 15 games in the Asia division. So if you go to survey data and you go scout and you can go down to uh, play rankings and you can see exactly uh, in the Asia division who has you know, the best performing um, score in the last 15 games or who has averaged the best score in the last 15 games. So currently I'm on survey data and I'm going to see uh, who has the highest score in the last 15 games. And that is um, Masata Murashiga, who actually is the uh, defender for FC Tokyo that is out injured for four weeks. So that is exactly why I'm thinking that I'm going to uh, purchase um, maybe an attacker from the team that is playing FC Tokyo. Um, and Masato Murashiga, for anyone that's interested at the time of recording, his L15 is 66. Um, so, yeah, um, which is a pretty pretty high score. I don't know if you're there, Joel, and you would agree with that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the last, um, you know, that's an average score from his last 15 games of 66. You know, 100 being the maximum score in Syria and being fairly rare in occurrence. You know, getting an average score of 66 is very um tough to achieve it's you know very very consistent performance um what i do want to stress is what you know jack's talked to you have to use sorry data there's there's no two ways about it i think if you if you're on sorry you absolutely have to have a look at sorry data and, and use it the um, database that is there is, is incredibly useful much quicker than then trawling through SoRare itself. So the website's just soreadata.com. Um, you can link in your SoRare account. Um, don't worry, they're not going to steal all your players and, and whatnot. It is a trustworthy site that pretty much everyone that has any sort of reasonable amount of money invested on SoRare uses 100% got to use SoRare data. It's an absolute godsend, makes a huge difference. I think perhaps just to, to add um, before you know going into like specific players, I think right now for a beginner, the leagues I would be targeting is either Global All-Star, which is that's a broad league. You can use any players from any team that has a game all together. So you can have a player from a Japanese team, Korean team, European team, whatever, as long as they all have a game in that same game week. Um, so very simple, intuitive league. But beyond that, and even more importantly, are these two special leagues, which Jack has referred to, um, called Underdog and Specialist. Now, those two leagues are really particularly Underdog, designed for um, people that essentially um, have a smaller budget on Soraya. They are 
not as actively played as some of the other leagues, which I think is a mistake from a lot of managers. And I think for anyone starting Serie that is by far the most opportune um, starting point. That's where Jack and I have won most of our rewards, um, or at least most consistently won rewards uh, without actually having to spend a whole lot of money compared to some of the other leagues. So to break the two down, underdog is a league where it is focused to only players that have scored below a certain level. So uh, it, it varies a bit week to week as to what that score is, but it's based on the score in their average score in their last 15 games. Um, where during, because within Soria, actually we haven't talked to this, but within Soria, every week there's two game weeks. You have a game week that runs from uh, basically from a, a Friday through until a Tuesday. And then you have a game week that runs from a Tuesday until a Friday, which covers those midweek games. Uh, at the moment, midweek games, last 15 score of 50 or less is underdog. Weekend is a last 15 average score of 45 or less. So those players that fit into those filters of having a score below that level that are actively playing, they are uh, basically ideal players, I think, to start off with when it comes to playing Soria because you can use them in those leagues and you know that in those leagues, people aren't going to be able to throw in their Mbappes or their Haalands or, you know, some of the other, those other, you know, star players that are big scoring players and are really tough to compete with when you're on a small budget. So it removes all of those um, all of the advantage gained by those players and allows only, you know, essentially average to crap players to be used, which incidentally are the cheaper players, obviously, um, to use in Saria. So, um, you know, building that team of five, you need one goalkeeper, one defender, one midfielder, and one forward. Um, and then on top of that, you have a fifth player, which can be a second defender, midfielder, or forward. Um, as a starting place, in my view, I'm not sure what your view is, Jack, but I think using a um, defender, as you're like having two defenders, is generally cheapest and can often be the most consistent. Um, but I know that there are different views out there. Goalkeepers are by far the most expensive cards in so rare, um, and that's because in the whole world of football, there are actually very few goalkeepers playing every week. You have one in a team, they just about never get subbed. Um, and if you know you have two goalkeepers at a team that are, one's playing one week, the other's playing the next, or they, you know, or you can't pick who's going to start, that can be very frustrating. So it really restricts that pool of usable goalkeepers. Whereas most teams have tons of defenders, midfielders, uh, and a fair few forwards that are playing each week so goalkeepers is always the, the tough place to start yeah definitely um i'm just trying to see if there's anything i can add y'all any input i can give really um so i think where i would start you know with all of the, all this information where i'd start is using soria data you know um, go to the player finder, look at, you know, so if you're playing uh, in the Asian leagues, which we obviously are fans of, and I think price-wise is generally the, the best value, um, you can adjust the filter under player finder, which you'll find under the scout tabs. There's scout at the top, player finder, then you can narrow down position so you can remove goal uh, you can remove defender midfielder forwards you've only got a goalkeeper playing status starter you don't really want to buy especially when you're starting you don't want to buy a reserve goalkeeper that doesn't play that's not going to be useful um, availability status i would remove suspended or injured filter by leagues so this is where you can restrict to being asia so if you select asia and unselect all leagues then you have the option is a little bar that you can kind of um, turn on, which 
allows you to select player playing in a specific game week. So if you select the game week we're up to and it has the dates in there, which is pretty helpful. And then you've got a, a few different sort of um, filters over the past five games, over the past 15 games, over the past 40 games. I would untick over the past five games and I'd tick over the past 15 games and adjust the sliders to basically cover everything except for SO5 score average. That's the score, weekly score that we've been talking about that players have gotten from each game. And then you can adjust. Yeah. So that you've got a maximum of 45. You can alter the price that you're willing to pay um, as you like, but I but for the purposes of explaining how to use the tool, I untick it and then it gives you a list of those keepers. Now, for the next game week we're looking at, there are very few keepers usable. There's only three in Asia. Um, and, uh, and, and incidentally, all fairly cheap, but that gives you an idea basically of how to, to use that tool as you start to look to put together a team. Goalkeepers will, to give you perspective, quite often cost perhaps half or slightly more than half of your overall team value. So, you know, bear that in mind. Have a look, you know, through lots of different options. You can save them to a watch list. You know, feel free to have a good look before start starting spending money so you get familiar with, you know, what is a reasonable price? What is, a, um, what is an unreasonable price that to expect to pay um, before actually starting bidding on auctions on the market? Because if you start buying players that either don't play or that are, you know, not um, in leagues that you actually want to own cards from, then actually it's kind of a waste of money. Um, so sorry data, so valuable um, for getting a sense of, of what's out there and, and what sort of players you might be able to use. Um, alongside that, um, you know, while looking at, at that and, and deciding what players to buy, you can be playing in Surrey with those free cards that you get. So every week that they've got games, whack them into a lineup, Surrey through the sign-up process shows you how to do that. Um, and that will give you some awareness of how players score and um, and you know, what the, the sort of game feels like each week. Um, it's a, it doesn't cost you anything to do that. You're very unlikely, to be honest, to win anything good out of it, um, but it at least gives you some um, understanding of how the game works. Um, when you do come to buying cards, you can buy them through technically three ways, but when you're beginning, probably only going to buy them one of two ways. So the first is that SoRare have auctions. So those are um, cards that are owned by SoRare that are selling brand new and people can bid on them, classic auction style, with the increment that you can bid on them changing, you know, increasing as, as the price goes higher. Um, and then the other option is through players sold by other managers in the games, other real life people playing Soria, listing up their cards with a set price. So you can't, as a, as a human player, you can't set up uh, an auction for your player. You just list them at a set price and people either pay that price or they send, can send an offer for what they might be willing to pay. Um, you can always give that a go as a newbie. The one thing that we would both say on that is don't be a dick when it comes to the, uh, the price that you're offering. Nobody likes getting an offer uh, for a player where the offer is half you know, what that player is being sold for. There is a feature within so rare to block players. So if you go around offering really scummy offers on lots of players, you're going to be getting blocked by everyone. So don't do it. General um, way that Jack and I would probably approach, although you can comment if it's different for you, Jack, but for me, I would generally look to sort of make an initial offer that's somewhere around 10 to 15% below what they're selling the player for. Uh, I think that's close enough to be respectable, but it does also 
have the potential to save um, funds over time. How, how would you approach it, Jack? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same. So I try um, making an offer on every single player I'm interested in rather than just uh, buying straight away. I think that's just a good rule of thumb just to save a little bit of money here and there. Yeah. Um, also something you didn't mention, Joel, that is quite interesting. So uh, I'm just going to use this example of Masato Roshiga, the guy that um, has the highest average score in the last 15 games in Asia. Um, he's actually been very kind to us um, and Joel and I have had a lot of success with Morshiga in terms of buying him when he was a lot cheaper than he is currently. Um, but anyway, what I wanted to say is in, in regards to the auctions, so, so every now and again, there will be a um, side of Morshiga that so rare list for auction, right? So currently, I think Morshiga's value is about $60. So um, let's say that, you know, if, if you're bidding on Morshiga, you ideally want to get him for less than $60, right? You want to get him as cheap as possible. So a little tactical thing you can do on SoRare is every single time there's a bid, the next bid has to be more than 10% uh, of the previous bid. So um, if you if you were to bid, say, $55 on Morishiga, that means the next bid that somebody else would have to make would have to be uh, a 10% additional amount to that $55, which I think would be probably like what? Yeah, $60.50. So therefore, theoretically, if you bid $55, that means the next person has to pay more than what the current floor already is. So that's a little cheeky tip you can do. Um, likewise, mm -hmm. like if a player say $100, um, their lowest uh, offer from another player is $100, then you could bid on um, one of the players for say, you know, $95 because the next person that um, has to bid will have to pay $104, right? So you can be a little bit tactical there if you want to you know, maybe get a cheaper player too. But something I will say is, you know, if you are trying to get ahead on time, that could be a little bit risky. So for example, you might bid on a Morishiga that is a day, um, you know, still the expiry of the auction could be a day away, but that can mean Morishiga's price could fluctuate in that day. So maybe, you know, you want to maybe bid on an auction um, that maybe ends in say two hours because, you know, the floor price probably isn't going to fluctuate too much because say I bid $55 on Morishiga, uh, and the auction ends in a day, you know, somebody could list more shikha for say $53 and I could have picked, the, picked up that one before if I set maybe an alert or I was just monitoring his price. So just something to think about there too. Mm, that's a very good um, reminder. Yeah, there is opportunity mm. with, the, with the auctions, that's for sure. But again, another plug for Surya Data, use it. it. You know, you can search any player in the game um, on there. It shows all of the um, auctions currently available. It shows you all the past prices. So you can get a gauge of like, you know, what do you think is a fair value for this player um, and what's not a fair value. And obviously everyone will have different opinions on that, but um, it really helps when it comes to deciding what to bid for a player and what to offer for a player. Um, and then once you've got your team, you can then, um, you know, have fun in submitting those players into that weekly competition. Um, that isn't the only way to play Surya though. You can play it purely from a trading perspective. You can buy a player thinking, you know, maybe he's uh, injured, he's out injured and you expect he's gonna come back soon. And because of that, his price might appreciate or, um, you know, it's a young player and they're not perhaps getting in the team, but you maybe know that team well and know the potential that player has. And so you're willing to to wait, you know, you can buy players from that perspective. Just keep in mind though, throughout all of this, that, you know, there is potential for both gain and loss in Surya. Prices can be volatile. We've both <laughs> experienced the benefit and the negative um, of that across multiple players. So, you know, do keep that in mind whenever you're buying a player that, um, yes, there is a chance of an appreciation in price, but there is also equally a chance that they could fall in price too. So for me, when I'm you know, looking at, or when I think about uh, advice I'd give to people starting is it is worth spreading your risk and having, you know, um, and trying to pick up multiple players, not blowing a lot of your budget uh, on one player. It's, it is tough, you know, it's, there's no way of avoiding it really when it comes to the goalkeeper, unless you're starting out with a, you know, a sort of, um, I mean, to get a reasonable, to give some, put it in perspective, to get a reasonable starting keeper, uh, you're probably looking at maybe about 120 US dollars. Would you say it's fair, Jack, around that? Yeah, 
probably about right yeah yeah so i mean if you're starting with you know a thousand dollars or more you know your, your risk perhaps not perhaps not as much but if you're starting with a few hundred dollars you know it is really tough to um to diversify when it comes to a goalkeeper you, know, you kind of just have to um do your research and then pick one that that you back um but when it comes to outfielders you know there are lots of reasonable defenders and midfielders in particular that can be picked up fairly cheaply so you know i will say that um you do you know if you do the research you do tend to benefit from it um, certainly that's been the case for for jack and i um, yeah I think a bit of wisdom I had to give Joel. So um, when I first started playing Sora, um, I picked up a goalkeeper uh, who was traditionally a starter. Um, if anyone wants to look at him uh, while I'm, I'm speaking, something you can do is go to Sora Data and search his player. His name is Kim Young Quang. Um, some people that play Sora are probably laughing their heads off when I when I say that name. Essentially, who he is, he, he, he's 37 years, years old and he plays for the team that is currently on the bottom of the table um, in the K1 league. So I was pretty naive. And at the time he was the, you know, cheapest um, starting goalkeeper. I bought him for 150 US dollars. Uh, and currently his price is, you know, this is two months later, by the way, though, uh, it's about $37 because he did, had a uh, DNP, which stands for did not play uh, in the last game. So first, uh, and obviously starting, I was very frustrated because his price uh, depreciated by about half. I think he was probably like, $75 in, in the space of a week because he had a DMP the moment I picked him up, which was a little bit unfortunate, but something I have been doing um, to reduce my risk when picking up a goalkeeper is sometimes I'll buy the backup keeper. And mm -hmm. a little good strategy that Joel and I have been doing actually is picking up the starting goalkeeper and maybe the under 23 backup keeper because uh, it's very difficult to find under 23 keepers that play. So if I pick up, say, you know, the goalkeeper that is supposed to start and expecting to start and his under 23 backup, um, then that reduces my risk, risk a lot, right? Because there's going to be demand for that under 23 goalkeeper that has now played a game or maybe is now a starter. So that way, um, you know, I can massively reduce my risk. Um, so that's a strategy that sometimes Joel and I have been doing recently. Um, so yeah, just a bit of wisdom there. Yeah, I, I echo that strategy as well. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be the under 23 keeper, but understanding who sure. the backup keeper is and having both of them it means, you know, if your main keeper is no longer starting, you know, and his price would therefore, you know, usually fall, what you'd usually find is the backup's price rises. So it helps you to reduce that risk of being screwed over, you know, sort of almost permanently by, um, you know, a change in the starting keeper. Um, but yeah, if the backup keeper is, you know, an under 23 player, it can work out fantastically. And there was an example of that for for me um, yeah, just recently where, uh, one of the Japanese teams, their starting keeper was about 30, I think he's 38, 39, um, had fallen out of favour and the backup was 21 years old and became the starter and his price really shot up. He's now about 350 US dollars, I think. So yeah, um, it is a very good strategy to, to pick two keepers from the same team, the starter and the backup. If you can yeah, but so. I think even just... For like additional context, I think Hayashi, so this is for San Friche, uh, Hiroshima is the team that Joel picked up these two keepers from. So Hayashi, who's the 39-year-old, I think Joel probably would have bought him at the time for, let's say, maybe $100, $100? I think it was uh, about maybe even less. 80, yeah. Okay, $80. And I think Asako, um, I think it's named Asako, isn't it? Yep, the under 23 keeper. 140 140 or so at the time when he was the backup yeah was it, was it that price okay. yeah well so collectively if you do the two cheaper yeah well if you you know put that um amount together 80 dollars plus 140 dollars that's 220 dollars and i think hayashi's price because he's the backup he's 39 years old probably likely to retire and have no more utility he's about 10 bucks right now and asako is 350 bucks so joe you know say he was holding both of them at the same time um you know you would have inherited like a hundred $150 profit, something yep. like that. Yep. And I just saw Osaka recently to make that. Profit. Yeah. So like just a good, good strategy. So although he probably suffered a DMP um, that game week, I actually didn't play, um, you know, he, in the long run, he, you know, mm. kind of secured that profit, I guess. So yeah, just a, it might not work out every time, but it's just something good to reduce your risk. Absolutely. Just an there, option. Anyway. There are a couple of teams out there that do have 
um, because they do have that rotation every now and then, you know, the the prices for those, both the starting and backup keepers reflect that. So, um, yeah, uh, do, do you know, have a good look when it comes to the goalkeeper. That's probably one of the biggest decisions to make on Saria is, is around actually which goalkeeper you pick. Um, the forward would be next after that. There's tons of, you know, pretty pretty good defenders and midfielders in the game. Um, there's always you know, good ones to be found, but a goalkeeper, getting a good goalkeeper um, or a goalkeeper that's playing and his backup is is really key. Um, I feel like something I have to mention too, uh, and something I've been doing recently, just a bit of wisdom, is something a, a good strategy that you can implement on Sora is stacking both uh, the goalkeeper from one team and the defender from one team. Because yep. say they are going to get a clean sheet, so let's let's take um, I don't know who's an example. Um, let's say Sanfrecce, Hiroshima, the team that Asako plays for. Say you pair, you know, Asako, the current goalkeeper, and a defender from Sanfrecce. If they get a clean sheet, both of them are, are going to probably, um, you know, score very well on the on the SO5 metrics. Um, so, you know, maybe you want to think to yourself, okay, maybe I can have a defensive stack of players for this team because they traditionally perform pretty well defensively, or maybe they haven't been performing well defensively, and maybe they're down in price. You see an opportunity, and you might want to co um, combine the two to give yourself a, you know, High likelihood um, of getting a high reward if they, you know, get a clean sheet and, and perform well. Totally. So something to think about too. Yeah, and similar on an attacking sense too. Like if you've got a, you know, a team that's about to play, even if like a couple of the weakest teams in the league, could be a great opportunity to pick up, perhaps you know, a striker and a midfielder from that team. Mm, um, exactly. To take advantage of that. Um, but anyway, that's that's the sort of thing. It does take time. To learn and get familiar you do you know you will over time need to get familiar with uh, whatever league that you're playing in um and it does take time you know that that is something that we can't communicate in a, in a podcast really like sufficiently it's you know there will be yeah. um, a need to to you know do your own research and get familiar but um, absolutely stacking which means you know, using multiple players from one team in a single lineup uh, does statistically give you a better chance of winning rewards um, you know, it means that on bad weeks, yes, they're going to both be bad, but on good weeks, they're probably both going to be good rather than, you know, having that frustration of potentially one player being good and the other being bad on multiple weeks in a row. Um, outside of so rare, but still within the, the wheelhouse of so rare, um, absolutely recommend signing up for um, so rare Academy. Uh, it's not something we've talked about in the main podcast, but it amazes me how few people play it. Um, it is uh, a great um, league to, to a great thing to get involved with as a new player or as a free player. The way it works is you basically get to pick uh, a team of five from any of the top five leagues uh, in Europe that are, you know that have players covered in Syria. So, for example, you know, Man City as a whole is not covered, even though some of their players individually are. Um, but you know, you I think I think the terminology Joel was like they they are covered, but they're not licensed, right? Like because they yeah, they've yeah. got players that have moved to that club, but the club itself is not licensed. So for, yeah. if if there are like say, let's say Masada Murashiga, um gets transferred to Man City, you can use Masada Murashiga and he will score. Um, just like any other player would, but you know, uh, let's say Americ Laporte, um, he doesn't have a Sarah card yet because they haven't been licensed um, during the time frame where Americ Laporte has played for Man City. So you know, if you have had say Masada Roshiga because he's in the game, he's had an FC Tokyo card, which is the team he plays for. If he gets transferred to Man City, you can use him in your team when Man City have a game, and he will score if he does play. So um, yeah, he he will be covered, and the Premier League is fully covered, but the Actual players um, that are, have been playing in the Premier League for the last like two three years haven't been licensed by so rare, except Liverpool kind of right, Joel. So yes, Liverpool. Um, yeah, a couple of years ago, yeah. So yeah, anyway, within in this league, there's only about four thousand five hundred five thousand people that play it. The top ten get rewarded cards in so rare, and like actually decent cards. Um, those cards that you first get when signing up to so rare. And that competition you enter with them is about a hundred thousand people at play, and they only give out three rewards each week. The ratio is um, shockingly poor in comparison. So, um, 
do still you know, go through the process of signing up for Surya, getting your casual, your common cards, but also sign up for Surya Academy. Um, it links with your Surya account, just like Surya Data does. Um, it's just surya.academy. And every week you just put your team uh, of five together. You don't have to own those players. You can pick any of those players. Um, and yeah, usually it's just about picking the some of the best players that are against weak opposition and you've got a great chance of winning a reward mm. through it. So um, absolutely recommend playing that as well alongside using Surrey data. All right, I think that's fairly exhaustive for now. If you have uh, any questions on what we've uh, talked through, uh, anything um, else uh, that we perhaps haven't that you have questions over, feel free to tweet us uh, at SoRareGrind or to email us at SoRareGrind at gmail.com. Jack, you got any other thoughts or comments before? Um, I mean, I could talk about it for hours to be fair, but uh, I think, you know, that's that's definitely plenty um, to get you going. So I, I think again, like there are, there are plenty of resources that are pretty helpful. Um, I, I'm not a big user of Twitter, but I have been the past couple of weeks because, you know, you can get a lot of good information um, mm. from Twitter. For example, you know, updates, injuries, um, which can be pretty hard to find, especially in the Asian leagues. Uh, sorry, Asian, um, yeah, Asian leagues, J League and K League. Um, so yeah, Twitter's really good. But again, if you want any, um, like, I don't know, want to know anything, I, Joel and I are always happy to have out. You can message me on Instagram personally. I'm probably, I, I don't even know how to um, work, <laughs> like direct messages on Twitter. Maybe that's an option. I don't know. I can reply on there personally. I, I don't know um, what you have to say about that, Joel. You, yeah. you do the same, I'm sure you would. Or you can email Soria Grind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but um, we're always happy to help out. Cool. Well, hopefully all of that was particularly helpful. Um, yep, as Jack said, contact us if you have any questions. Um, otherwise, that's us. And look, enjoy the Soria journey. I hope it's uh, fantastic mm. and successful for you.